You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy. You're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Last night was another incredible Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday virtual hang. I love these. It is just so much fun. I can't believe that we've been doing it for three months. It's, it blows my mind every time I think about it. Thank you all for everyone who has ever come to one. I love you dearly. It is something that I cherish, and I'm already looking forward to next week. If you'd like to join us next week, please check out the link and save it in the description of this podcast. It is always the same link, so just save it and come hang out. All month long, I am shining some light on Unique Leader Records. They are one of the most exciting extreme metal labels out there with a bunch of amazing bands. You should absolutely go and support the extreme music that is being released by Unique Leader Records. I have the pleasure of playing a brand new track from my brothers in Cytotoxin right now. Get ready to be pummeled by radiation. Here is Lupus Aurora.
outdone themselves on this one. I love Cytotoxin. I had the pleasure of touring with them back in the fall of 2019, and they are amazing humans, excellent musicians, so much fun to be around. I love them to death. This new record drops on August 21st via Unique Leader Records. Please do me a favor. Go pre-order it right now. You can save 10% if you do that via the Unique Leader Indie Merch page. When you're checking out, just use the promo code VOXANHOPS, that's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S, and you will save 10%. And you will be doing me and my friends in Cytotoxin a favor. Support Extreme Music. On today's episode, I am actually with Grimo, the vocalist of Cytotoxin. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 160. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today, I'm with Grimo of Cytotoxin, and I am so happy to be with you. Uh, we met uh, it's almost two years ago, which is crazy at this point, on Hell Over Europe 2 alongside Aborted uh, and Benighted. It was a very, very fun tour, uh, probably one of my favorite European tours, honestly. Uh, how are you? Let's just start with a simple question. How are you doing, brother? So um, I have to say hello to everyone, too. So sending, sending over some greetings from the hot Germany. Um, yeah, I have to say I'm really happy to see you again, Matt. I remember as well our tour, we, the tour we had was really cool. And I have to agree, it was um, really funny. And so it's, it's, it's cool to see you again. And right now I'm just trying to, to hide from the heat over here to hide um, in the flat and yeah, being active when it's dark and cold outside like a bat. <laughs> um, <laughs> so far, it's, 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 it's cool to yeah, somehow survive the day. But um, right now, I'm fine. It's, it's everything fine with me. So I hope it's the same with you. Absolutely. Every, everything is great over here in Canada. We are starting to deconfine a little bit here in Montreal, yeah. which is refreshing and confusing at the same time. I don't know about how you feel about all this, yeah. but uh, how did you cope with social isolation when you guys had to be isolated? Um, I was talking with a lot of people, with our fans all over the globe about this. And I have to say that in Germany, the situation is quite calm a bit because we have um, a federal system. So each of our 16 federal countries is handling it by themselves, making their own laws and restrictions. So even if you drive to the next city, you have uh, different restrictions. So it's it's quite strange. Um but yeah, it maybe it's. I, I try to see it positive that the people have to slow down a little bit and somehow restore some energy. And looking forward to the situation when you can be on tour, or on stage, or you can visit concerts again. So right now, it's something I can deal with. It. So, but it's it, it's a problem because we're releasing a new album, and um, we we cannot play right now. And, stages so that's a bit strange and not that good but at least it's something we can handle it's not that problem at all anymore but i i hear that the problem even in the maybe for example united states is it's way more it's, it's worse than here in germany 
because they are starting making concerts again. I heard from a concert yesterday in Czech Republic with a turnout of 600 people were there. So, so it's over here in Europe. Somehow it's starting again. So I try to, to, to keep it, to think positive about it and hope that it will be better soon. It's, it's all that we can do right now is to just uh, try to do our best to follow the rules and to uh, hope that everything goes back to a yeah. somewhat normal future, hopefully sooner than later, but uh, we got to see. And uh, concerts, yes, it's, it's such a vital part of who we are, you know, yeah. as musicians. <laughs> Not being able to even just go see my friends yes. is a strange thing that I've had to deal with, but... Uh, I'm getting to talk to a lot of people yeah. like this, so I am appreciative of that. Now, now you feel, now you miss it, because you, you can't go to concerts, you can't perform your music on stage, and now you, you miss it even more, the energy you, you, you need for your life. So, um, I mean, in Germany, it's, it's tough for all the artists that um, earning their money with this job, and how it depends to, to be an artist. So I hope those people can can go through this, and yeah, that's really what concerns me at least. Yeah, the people are going to have to hustle. Luckily, here in Canada, they've uh, extended our monthly a uh, set amount. It's called a SERP, uh, the set amount of money that they've been giving to uh, citizens that cannot work because of the COVID nineteen yes. situation. But and we've been lucky that they've extended it another two months. But uh, who knows what's going to happen after that? In, in Germany, it's it's quite it's quite the same. That there is some some amount of money that should reach for the artist. They cannot work right now, um, but somehow it's not easy to 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 see through this how much money you can get and um, yeah. So let's let I just hope this whole stuff will be over soon because yeah, the people are just fed up with it. So. Let's see. I hope. Yeah, when I reached out to you to do this, because we've toured together, I know that you're not super big into drinking alcohol because you are such a healthy person. <laughs> but you told me that, that you, you have a beer on your side. So tell me about this beer that you are drinking or will be drinking with me tonight. When we were talking about making this episode, um, I, I thought maybe this will be the toughest episode for you, Matt, because like you said, I'm, I'm not into drinking at all. So, but I, I did my homework and what I have with me is a, a local beer. It's, it's called Chimzio and it's, it's not, it's not easy to spell it. It's, it's even worse to, yeah, tell you all the letters, but there's, there's, <laughs> there, there's a little story behind it because when I am into training, I am. Um, and doing some weightlifting, and I have some people around, some, some, some men that train with me, and it's like a habit that after the training, those guys drinking that beer, because they were telling me it restores your energy, all your energy you need, and so I, I want to use this to make some shout-outs to uh, Marcel, to, um, to Gersi, and to Shifi, because they are my training buddies, and if you're into drinking, maybe you can use that beer, Kimseo, after your training, and maybe it boosts your energy. So that's what I can, that's the advice I can give you from the local uh, training community that is maybe using this beer to restore energy and substances for the body. Um, yeah, that's the beer I have with me here for you. 
That's amazing, and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Take Me Down, being from Germany, there is such a rich beer culture. It is a part of who you're, you know, the entire culture of your country. Yes. When did you discover that it wasn't for you, and what would be the reason for that? Um, At first, I have to say it's true that Germany, uh, drinking beer, making beer, is such a huge part of our history, it seems to be. And every city, even every village, has the own beer, has its own brewery. And the people are really proud about this. And somehow there are some kind of competition between the cities. Hey, we got the better beer than yours. And I think I made this decision when I was 14 or 15 years old because, um, yeah, I was into the local party scene and we were dancing to strange music and we were dressing (laughs) up really bad. And somehow it was my job to bring the drunk friends back at home and laying them into their bed and there was one <laughs> once I, I i was bringing i was bringing a body home and he was his weight was was too high and i was getting some kind of shopping cart and i was <laughs> sitting this guy inside the cart bringing him home and once i i let him into his bed his mother was entering the room he was she was asking me What's the matter here? Because it was two o'clock in, in, in the morning or at night. And I was just about to answer her question. And right in that moment, he was puking himself. <laughs> and um, I don't know if that was the turning point for me. But I decided <laughs> I, I just don't want to end up like this. And I, I was proud that my personality um, was like this. I could be happy or having fun without just drinking alcohol and um, so far I can I can hold it up I just had a tour there was a vocalist from a French death metal band I will not tell the name and he was trying to convincing me to drink alcohol but he was taking care about me at the same time but uh, so far um, it's for me it's no problem not to, to, to drink alcohol even if I know it's it's somehow part of the community in the metal scene that drinking beer and stuff, so it's no problem for me. But uh, it's something I can I can live without really good. That is a hundred percent true because that whole tour was thirty plus shows, and you you were there every night with us while we were all having fun and enjoying some brews. You were there with us having fun, being sober. And that's uh, a refreshing thing to have on a tour bus. Maybe maybe that's also the reason, because I was looking forward to the tour so much that I won't be aware every second without losing any kind of moment. So maybe that's that's also a reason to, to keep it in my mind 100%. And maybe that's also part of this. But it's no problem for me if, if people are around me that started to drink and then they got um, they're getting sleepy and yelling. It's okay. 
it's something I really respect. It's no problem for me. <laughs> yeah. On my side, I am drinking uh, Vox Populi's Kettle Sour. This is a Berliner Weiss with some orange juice added to it. It's basically like a mimosa. It's 2 p.m. for me here in uh, uh, in Canada. So uh, it's uh, absolutely delicious. Uh, cheers to Vox Populi for sending me some of these brews to share with my friends during my podcast interviews. And uh, if you live in Ontario, go pick it up because they just launched it at the LCBOs. You should do that, people. It's a great, great afternoon brew. Clocks in at three percent. Let me ask, Master, do you collect all these uh, beers? Do you have some kind of um, yeah place in your flat where you're collecting all this? And or do you have do you have to move to another flat because you need more space someday? Maybe that would be the issue. I would like to. I thought about it at first about starting to keep stuff but i we are trying to become somewhat more minimalists here we live in a small condo i have two kids with their toys and stuff it's uh it's i i don't have space for all the beers that i've drank and i don't okay. use untapped there's an app that you can use to track the beers that you've, you you have drank but funnily enough i tend to remember what i've drank even though i don't write it down or have any i have it written down for the episodes obviously but uh I have drank a lot of different beers, and if I had to keep them all, it would be <laughs> it would be impossible. I'd need a whole new house. Can you can you um, can you remember the taste of the beers? Is there a beer that stands out? Would you always remember because it was so so good? Oh yes, there's so many. There's so many. Of course, it, it takes me right back to the place. It's like when you hear like an album for the first time and you know where you were. I don't know if that's it for you. I like every time I hear. This is a funny like high school story. I remember leaving high school, listening to Korn's first album, and that song "Predictable" came on. And any time that I hear that, I am directly back walking out of my high school, depressed about some stupid teenage angst situation, okay. and it brings me right back there. And it's the same thing with a beer. I can I can remember where I was when I drank a beer. There's just something that is so emotional connected with me and a beer for some reason emotions and it's linked with the memory so absolutely yeah i can really understand here that's cool classic vox and hops question take me back to your youth when you were growing up in your parents or guardian's house what would be the soundtrack of your youth what music was playing when you were not in control of the music what music did your parents or guardians listen to i think my dad was it's it's mainly the reason the why i was attracted by heavy metal music because um he was listening to all the classics like acdc death leopard also judas priest and cc top and those two two bands um are still one of my favorites today because i i, I love to listen to like for example ram it down or painkiller from judas priest Or the Eliminator um, Afterburner CDs from CC Top, and that's something I I grew up with. So maybe that's that's the answer to your question. That's still uh, that's the link between me, my dad, and heavy metal music. And I think I will keep that band in my in my mind in my soul forever. And that's somehow that's that's um, the soundtrack of my youth. And then I was stepping in, going to my own direction. Um, because it, it's quite funny. You you were telling about corn, and for me it was Limbiscuit. Limbiscuit oh, was okay. for me the first step to the link between hip hop music and metal. So that's maybe I, I I have to say, 
I, I had uh, two or three months where I tried to dress myself up like Fred Durst. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, that's how, somehow that's a secret. But um, <laughs> I, I just, I just um, yeah, had to say that it was not the, the style I want to have. So, um, but that's, that, uh, that's a band that's still really important for me, Limp Bizkit. Uh, especially the Chocolate Starfish record. It's still quite cool to listen to it. The same like you was telling before, the the memories you have while sitting in your room and listening to all the stuff. And from that music, I I, I felt I want to search for something more extreme. And I ended up with Swedish death metal. And I painted a huge, huge flag of Sweden right into my in my room because I was so fascinated by Swedish death metal, like Dismember, Grave, and Bloodbath, and I, I was into that stuff. And maybe that's also something I still keep up today, and I like to listen to all the stuff, the Swedish death metal sounds, and yeah, that's somehow my way how I grew up with the music. And maybe how I ended up in in death metal, at least. When did you start screaming, uh, having toured with you? Uh, I remember the first time I saw you. I had heard you guys before the tour, though, because when your CD dropped in that summer before the tour, I was like, what is this? This is good. This guy can scream. He's amazing. But then I saw you live, and I was like, holy shit, this guy has like <laughs> so many voices. And that tour was impressive, all the vocalists up there with, uh, with Julian, with all the voices, with you, with all your voices. When did you start screaming? How is this something that you got involved in? Uh, I have to say, when you when you bring up the example of the tour, that I really enjoyed the tour, how we vocalists um, supported and respect each other. And um, before I, I started making music with Cytotoxin, I had two bands. And I would say the first record uh, where I had a song with my vocals on track was back into 2008. I think I was starting listening to brutal death metal music maybe 99, 98 or 2000. And in 2008 I was trying myself to making some vocals and somehow it was cool. And But I think Cytotoxin is the, the first real um, serious project um, where I wanted to spend all my, my energy and time I have over into the band but the first try was in 2008 yes but i would consider the style of, of vocals more growling than screaming because i i tried to scream and doing some black metal vocals in the beginning and i felt my voice is not made for this i got really struggled right after it like a sore throat for two or three days and I know I can perform that those vocals, but I never could do a tour with daily music on stage and doing that kind of vocals because I need some kind of recovery. So I was sticking to making death metal vocals and yeah, it was like a tryout to see how it works, how the people like it around, how the people before the stage, in front of the stage like it. And yeah, so I, that's the reason why I, I was sticking and I'm still sticking to death metal vocals instead of doing some screams stuff. 
You are a very intense front man. Where did all that come from? Who have you inspired your live persona from? Because you're you're very intimidating, <laughs> and, yeah. and but yet but but yet very friendly on stage. That's that's cool that you that you appreciating this, and I'm really happy for your words, Matt. Because for me, it's like I want to create um, memories. Out of moments, and I know um, you, you, you know you know the issue when you arrive too late. You just have to, to play less songs that you thought of, or you have some kind of delay in the running order, so you have to deal with some time issues, maybe. And um, in my opinion, even if I got just ten minutes, I remember that was um, our first tour we did in Europe on the first show in Germany. The tour package was part of some kind of festival and we got a time delay all over the day and the promoter was coming to us and he was telling hey guys you just have to play three songs because there's not much time but i remember it was an intense show we just played our three most brutal songs and um yeah i just wanted that the audience can still enjoy our set even if they're just three songs that we play but of course i have some idols that i saw on stage and they really um, impressed me and also the way i act on stage i can say for example elliot from beneath the massacre the kind of aggression he has on stage and i was um, so happy to meet him at a local show here in germany to talk with him some some words and also frank mullen from suffocation for the hacking hand yes. that he is famous for and also Sven from Aborted um, that was in the beginning in, in, in the early days it was his, his voice because I never I never heard such a voice on a record the, the, the brutal style he did and maybe those are the three men that brought me into this music and maybe there is a fact that I have to tell you because when I was back in school um, there was a girl, I, I liked her, and she was attracting me, and we had some kind of after-school activities, and there was a theater group, so we were playing some, some, some stories, and, um, like an opera without singing, and there was a, a, a German tale, fairy tale, it was called the Nussknacker. And I and she, and she was playing the princess, and I wanted to play the prince, of course. But <laughs> yes. uh, the role was <laughs> not chosen for me because I was the red king, the bad guy, uh, the red, the bad guy. And in that moment, I mean, the room was full with all the parents. I think an audience of 150. And I just thought, okay, let's. Fuck this shit. It, it doesn't matter. I go on stage, I play the Red King, it doesn't matter. And I did it so well, all the people laughed. And so um, it actually wasn't visible that I was pissed off because I could not play the Prince. So I realized I like to be on stage and playing some kind of roles. It doesn't matter how the circumstances are. And so I was sticking to this. And... Um, yeah, even if you play on, like, for example, Brutal Assault, and you have an audience of 10,000, 11,000 people, 
Of course, I'm a bit nervous, but I would say I'm I'm just like excited for it. Not I'm I have a fear that something could go, go wrong. I I trust my team, I trust my bandmates, and so it's not like I have this this fear right before I'm entering the stage. Somehow it's no problem for me. I like to do this. Maybe it's some kind of ego thing that um, uh, that's no problem for me. But overall, it's cool that you appreciate that. Um, I like to be on stage and I like to, to create this unity between me and the crowd because I know where I came from. Once I was for the stage, I was looking up to bands and I was really happy if they realized that I'm there, that I'm part of the concert as well. So yeah, maybe that's the reason why I like to be on stage and that's the reason why it's visible that I have this energy and somehow play around with this. So yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, I absolutely was also in the plays doing plays in high school a part of the theater group it was probably one of the first times that i performed in front of a large group of people as well um and yes absolutely you guys i love the whole chernobyl um theme that you guys explore i love the the thought that of putting on a show you guys are doing more than just standing there and playing music you got to different uh, props that you use if money wasn't an issue and you could have a headlining set with a full production where can you take this what would be like a dream way to present cytotoxin visually for people in your chernobyl theme that's 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 really cool that you um picking this up because um we try our best to to bring this atmosphere on stage because uh, under the line it's still a serious topic and it's it's not that easy to keep this balance between making an entertaining live show and on the other side having a serious message you want to transport and um, yeah we, we try to, to do it as as good as we can with all the the barrels we have with the smoke in the fog machine um with all this um light we we use of course it would be much much better if we have a, a, some kind of staff that maybe could help and doing some stuff for us but um right now on the level we are right now i think we 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 made the best out of it and we don't stop we still have ideas how to improve it how to getting to the next next level and we we tried some stuff over all the years during the shows um just for example during a bangalow uh, uh smoke pot into the barrel and handling over to the crowd and the crowd is running around with this. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's something. Of course, right before the show, we were discussing. Ah, maybe it could be dangerous if somebody is inhaling the smoke and bah. And at least we just tried it, and somehow it worked. So yeah, that's the experience we we take around with us. So, and um, for me, it's really happy to to hear how, like for example, you appreciate this the work that is behind because it's not easy to like i said keep the balance you know absolutely and having having witnessed watching eric from watain 
pass a burning torch into a crowd in El Salvador. <laughs> I think you got you you, you you guys are okay with your barrel out there. <laughs> I, I remember us watching him do it and going, oh my God, what's he doing? Everyone has long hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. How, how, ended, okay. how, how I ended this up? Was it okay? It was or? okay. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> does, the, does, the, does the venue still exist? Or? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was outside, luckily, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about your your topic, you guys just uh, are about to drop your new record, Nuclear Earth. Love the name. It's coming out August twenty first via Unique Leader Records. And uh, how do you keep going with this topic of Chernobyl? You mentioned that it's something that you are still passionate about that you want people to know about. Do you ever feel like you'll you'll run out of ways to talk about this? No, no. That's actually something that surprises me as as well. Because remember, we were starting the band on the first CD, um, Plutonium Heaven. It was just like a report. We were reporting the whole incident and um, with all the timeline. And on Radio Phobia, we were talking about the uh, aftermath, right? after the incident maybe the, the the following up two or three years and Gamageddon was maybe two or twenty years ahead and this is maybe the I would say the most dystopic version of the theme and um, somehow I feel it's still it's still present it's still up to date the, the whole theme because when I'm doing some background research for, for the lyrics um, we have to talk, talk about um, Fukushima, where still the reactor is is it's, it's still a horrible situation over there, where the, the 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 contaminated water is running out right into the ocean. And um, you know about my my way of of life, my nutrition, my vegan diet. When we talk about climate change and and how the 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 ice is is melting and when we think about that um a government is is hiding barrels of toxic waste right under the ice and the ice is melting and that's something where the chernobyl theme and uh, global warming is like um it's combining and so it's it's still a, a daily topic for me and the positive positive thing about this is that I do not run out of ideas. I still have lyrics and background for, I think, two or three albums. And yeah, that's something I have to, to sort out. But um, I think we should not stop with warning the people and making people being aware about this. And I don't know if you saw the HBO series Chernobyl. I did. It was uh, it was very very well done. Did you enjoy it? Was it accurate? Yeah, I, I mean we were discussing this in the band, and uh, I have to say there was some different opinion about, but mainly it was positive. And I'm um, one member in the band that really appreciate this, and I would say it's it's quite accurate. I, I would say. 95% but at least it, it it was at the end it was really enjoyable to watch and it was somehow quite entertaining even if you are not into the topic I think especially with the last episode you can really understand how this whole stuff uh, how the whole incident um, goes on its way and 
I was quite happy that Chernobyl has this kind of effigy, you know, like having uh, this this series that's reaching a lot of people and making maybe more people aware about this. And um, even for me, if I, I have to say, I'm really into the topic. So, but it was enjoyable to watch. And yeah, I'm really happy that this one, maybe for example, that this exists, that the people always getting remembered and they don't forget Chernobyl. You know that that's really important. It was just, it was just missing a cytotaxin track. It would have yeah. been perfect if yeah. you guys had it yeah. on the soundtrack. Yeah, we, we, we just, we just were too late with the, with the record. So yeah, because um, it takes some time, you know, like plutonium, it stays for more than 20,000 years. So um, half-life. So yeah, it, some things take time, but maybe yeah, there will be Chernobyl part two and they can ask us again. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, one last question, Grimo. Uh, you are a very, very healthy person, uh, an outspoken uh, vegan. Uh, touring with you, you were working out every day. You had Julian from Benighted out running with you, training with you. Um, this probably never happens to you, but I've been asking this question, and I'm curious. What is your hangover cure? You don't get hangovers, but when you do, what do you do? I think running. Running is the best way to to restore metabolism in the body, to getting some fresh breath into the lungs. And um, for me, it was really important to keep up to train my endurance because uh, once I was into weightlifting, con concentrating myself or focusing myself on gaining weight and uh, it was at the beginning of cytotoxin, I was 15 kilograms of more weight and I realized um, performing on stage I have to make a decision between doing vocals or entertaining and running around because I was too exhausted because of my body weight and I decided to do more um, yeah, endurance training and also I realized the vegan diet, vegan diet it, it, it's boosting my endurance so much so I'm now happy that I can run around performing and without getting out of breath to doing the vocals. So for me, it was um, uh, also a decision I made for myself and also for the band to just perform better, to be honest. So, yeah, but uh, to answer your question, I think running, it's the best way to, to get over the hangover, I think. That's to, to deal with the hangover, actually. And... Um, I was I was quite happy on the tour that we had some kind of trainings group. Like today we have some more time. Let's let's go out for a run. We have a park nearby. Let's go doing some because for me it's the way of sightseeing. Yes, yes. I, I could walk around, but I like to to run around. But I have to tell you the story of the first show we did. It was in uh, was it Belgium? The first show we did on the tour. Do you remember? Yes, I think it was in the Netherlands. It was at that nice venue. Yeah, it was a nice town actually, and I was—I I decided to do a run right before the show, and I had three hours, but I decided to do it without a clock and without my cell phone. So, I, <laughs> so when I'm foreign to a place, I just 
uh, want to run into the direction. And after the half time, I turn around and just run the same way back. But somehow I lost my track and <laughs> I, I wanted to do 30 minutes, but I ended up with two hours and I had to go to, um, to, to, uh, to a store and ask where I am on the map. And I was so much away. I just lost my track, but I was back on time, uh, luckily. But but I, I just had a shirt and it was started raining, and I just was afraid to getting a cold, and it was the first time, the first time on, on or the first show on the tour, so I realized okay when I do running I have to know where I am, how much I run, <laughs> in which direction, and that's the reason why I picked up Julian because Julian he um, he is really good into navigation, and yeah it's it's good to have two people in the group. So I'm really happy that he teamed up with me and that I could would motivate him to doing some some training. And um, I'm really happy that he, he just wrote me after the tour. He kept up with the training. Um, Wonderful. Not like the level we did on tour, but like two or three times a week. And he, he also works in a rehab center and he is doing running with his patients. Maybe they got also some kind of hangover. And that's cool to, to use this for your own, for the people around you. And um, I think there was one day we were five people. I remember it was in Paris when we were yes. playing, playing on the show. In the, uh, boat. Uh, in the boat. And I was remembering we were doing training outside with Mendel, with Fonso, with Julian, with Sven. And yeah, we were so pumped up. Right before the show, we were pumped up your muscles, and it was 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 really cool to to motivate each other. And yeah, but that was a great show. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, at first it was so cool. I never played on a boat, and yeah, I remember that one. It was a beautiful place. Uh, we did some beautiful training right before, and we had a really cool show there. I remember it was really cool. I think it was the f the fifth the fifth show on the tour. And I think it, it was uh, already a point where we all were a, a bit like a family. So the first days just passed by and we, we getting, started getting knowing each other. And I think it was from there on, it was really enjoyable. It was cool. Absolutely. And I would do it again any day. Yes, I agree. It was I, some, some days I really miss it, especially during some kind of pandemic. And you have to you have to sit at home to so remember, and that's the reason why I don't drink because the people that drink I could not remember. Sorry, it somehow it was cool, but I did not remember how I went to the bed. And yeah, that's the reason why I want to be aware. <laughs> Grima, thank you so so much, taking some time to sit down with me, sacrificing your health, having a beer with me. I really 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 appreciate it. Everybody, check out the new Cytotoxin. I actually just played their track in the intro of this podcast and there's new stuff coming out soon too their album drops august 21st via unique leader records nuclear earth love the name thank you so much grimo i can't wait to hang out with you again soon face to face cheers i, I thank you too cheers and take care my friend see you again Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. So much fun to get to catch up with Grimo. It has been far too long, but as it always is when you catch up with a fellow metal brother, it's as if you were never apart 
and that is why I love metal and the metal community. Check out that new record. It's dropping on August 21st via Unique Leader Records. Do it. Pick it up. Listen to it. Get ready to be blown away by radiation and blast beats and extremity. Cytotoxin, don't fuck around. Nuclear Earth is going to take over the world. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I will be back at you with two episodes next week, one on Tuesday and one on Friday. But until then, I hope you remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsets. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!